Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. I think the main thing that I would want to communicate is that there is beauty and modesty. And we have moved as a, a nation of women so far from that in the church. That modesty was the order of the day, the way that I grew up. We weren't allowed to wear shorts and mini skirts. So the transition into the nation of Islam was an, an easy transition. Basic etiquette and basic self-love is something that our women need because we've been taught in this society that to display your adornments is a show of self-love. That's a show of confidence. But in the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, having that knowledge of yourself is confidence. That's where your confidence comes from comes from. Being secure in who you are and knowing who others are is where our confidence comes from. That is my and your sister, Sister Akila Ali, talking about the cornerstone of confidence. Akila is a member of Crow, the Coalition for Remembrance of Elijah Muhammad. She is a key member of the Crow TV production team, and her versatility affords her the ability to assume various roles within production, including show host. Akila is also the producer of the Nothing But Elijah podcast, which you can hear on Blog Talk Radio. In this episode, Akila discusses many subjects, but it is the journey she shares of how she came to be a member of the Nation of Islam that I find extremely intriguing. She helps to lift the veil of mythology and misunderstanding regarding the Muslim woman, particularly women in the Nation of Islam. But in addition to that, we discuss the responsibility of black women in media and the great care necessary when raising our black sons. You will find links to her television shows, podcasts, and contact information in this episode's show notes. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Sister Akila Ali. Welcome to another episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. And I am so happy to be joined in this episode by a wonderful and dear sister, Sister Akila Ali. Welcome to the show. Assalamu alaikum, sister. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be joining you for this wonderful conversation today. Wa alaikum salam, sister. It is certainly a, a blessing to have you on the Nora Speaks podcast. I'm really excited for the conversation that we're going to have. Um, but as we open up the show, I want to let my listeners know that Akila is a member of Crow. Crow is the Coalition for Remembrance of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, simply called Crow and based in Chicago. And Sister Akila, you've been a member of that organization for how long now? I joined Crow in 1993, or as my sister would like to say, 1993, because <laughs> yeah. it makes it sound so much longer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, ma'am. And so let's let's open up and tell the listeners um, a little bit about yourself and about the organization of Crow. Yes, ma'am. Well, I was fortunate to be invited. Originally, um, my cousin started as a member of Crow, I believe in like 1991, I would like to say. And he and his wife had the honor of having their wedding, being um, brought into union there at Crow. And so that was my first introduction to um, the organization. At that time, I was not very familiar with the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I had only been aware of his student, but um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, but had never had any really formal contact or hadn't learned anything about the Nation of Islam outside of, you know, the propaganda that most people receive. And I was invited after the wedding to return to the organization and visit on Sunday class, which is a class that we have that is open to the public. And it was just like an awakening. I came in and learned about the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I was greeted, of course, by our business manager, Brother Munir Muhammad, who is very uh, persuasive and excited about anyone who has an interest in the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his teachings. So that was my first introduction, I will say, um, from the moment that I started coming on Sunday. I was I was hooked because it was like nothing that I had ever heard before. Prior to that, I my existence was thinking that I was a Christian, growing up in a household where that was um, the religion that that we were familiar with. Like most Black families, that's all that we knew. So that's you know that's what I was interested in, but. It didn't, I always had questions. I'll say that, Sister Nora. When I, I wanted to, at that time, as far as my understanding, I wanted to be saved. Mm -hmm. And so um, in Christianity, you know, you, you think that all you have to do is, is profess Jesus Christ as your personal savior and live a life as, as close to being clean as you, you know, you would think. And that would be it, you know, go to church on Sundays. But I was one who liked to study. So I would actually study the Bible to the best of my ability and ask questions of my um, grandma, who was a missionary in the church. And, of course, I never was satisfied with the answers that I would receive. And I believe that was what drew me to the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad at Crow. Um, and the environment of Crow was conducive for where I was at that time, coming in as an 18-year-old, so I'm telling my age, but coming through the doors as an 18-year-old and not having the structure in a sense that you would have when you are coming into a mosque or temple. So this is an information center where you can come and learn as much as you would like to learn at your own pace. And I was invited after I had attended a few Sundays to come to 
our general civilization class, which is held on Wednesday evening and Friday evening. And in order to attend that class, you, one, have to um, have a desire to believe. Um, those classes are not for those individuals who want to come and debate. If you would like to debate, then, of course, we, we have the opportunity for you to ask questions on Sunday. But Wednesday and Friday is more for individuals who are on their journey of belief and just want to learn more and delve more into the teaching of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So that's how I originally started my journey with Crow. And as I became um, a more tenured member, I started working within the organization. And part of the work that I did was at that time, the co-founders, Brother Manir in particular, they would take this information, this teaching on the road and go any place and every place where that they felt there was um, a history of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad being there of people that were interested in the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And we would duplicate audio cassettes of the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And that was one of the functions that I would do. I would be in a um, room on the lower level of the organization with a duplication machine. And at that time, we had a word processor that I would use to type up the labels. And while I was duplicating the audio, I would be listening to them as well. And of course, um, those that I would duplicate, I would listen to just to make sure the duplication came out well. And that was the most um, beneficial for me because it trained my ears to hear the message of the Muslim Elijah Muhammad. And that was something that um, I would say solidified my belief in just having that uninterrupted time to listen to the messenger of God. It, it helped me so much in my understanding. So that is, um, and I've just decided at that point that I no longer wanted to continue to think the way that I thought before. Um, my mind was being transformed. I had, I wanted to be uh, my natural self. So it was shortly thereafter I changed my name. Um, I selected the name Akila Nazira Ali. And it's ever since I've selected that name, it's been a, a goal of mine to live up to those attributes. Mm. Uh, what a wonderful journey. Uh, you know, Akila, usually with um, uh, when folks think about the nation of Islam or, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad or Muslims, they think about the uh, Malcolm X movie. Um, yes. And certainly you talking about changing your name, um, you know, the, the time in, you know, the history of Malcolm X changing his name to X instead of little and dropping the name of 
the former slave master and taking the X, which you know designates as an unknown. Uh, that's a history that our people are somewhat familiar with. Um, typically, the uh, the knowledge that most people have generally um, of the nation of Islam is uh, from someone who is attending a mosque or attending a temple. And in this case, you're saying that you came to this through an organization. And I'm, I'm really enjoying you sharing your history. I think it's important, you know, there's so many different ways that we arrive to um, this truth and to this knowledge. And I, and I think it's important because you have a very unique journey. You have a special journey. Um, and so many women think about um, Muslim women or any woman covering herself as she's followed a man, right? She, yes, she's seeking yeah. the um, approval of a man. A man told her to do that because otherwise, why would she want to cover herself? I was just having a conversation with a young lady earlier today about that same thing that many people, women specifically, black women, they think that it would be odd for a woman to be covered, to not have yes. herself exposed. And so you're talking about your journey. You came there because you said your cousin was getting married and you started visiting the organization you had a role there with uh, duplicating the tapes and listening. So you essentially acquired this knowledge uh, um, on your own, so to speak. And not that Definitely. there's you know, anything wrong with um, following um, a brother, a friend, a husband, a boyfriend who has introduced you to something that has piqued your interest. Uh, but that's, there's another way. And, and, and women come to, Islam in many different ways. And this is, you know, simply your journey. And um, so let's talk about, about Crow. You said that the co-founders, specifically um, Brother Munir Muhammad, would go and not just seek information, but also share information regarding um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and that history. So let's talk about um, Crow as um, you know, the, the, the um, intention of Crow, the, you know, the remembrance of Elijah Muhammad and, and the origins of that wonderful organization there? Yes, ma'am. Well, the, the organization itself, it started way before I arrived, um, if I'm not mistaken, in 1982. And my understanding of the history is that the brothers, brother Munir Muhammad, brother Shahid Muslim, and brother Halif Muhammad, and others at the time of the inception of the organization, um, wanted to go back to the time when they felt as though their lives were the best. And this was after the departure of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, when unfortunately the Nation of Islam at that time had been taken into another direction. And the, uh, the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad were not being presented as they had been presented when he was present. His name was subsequently being removed from history. And um, Brother Munir Muhammad was inspired to 
make sure that the people remembered um, as a member of the Nation of Islam, Brother Munir Muhammad, Brother Khalif Muhammad, and Brother Shahid, Muslim, they knew that there had to be others like them who needed the direct message of the messenger. And they just wanted to know, where were those, where were those people? Do you remember this man? Is initially what they wanted was a billboard, just anything to show the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So that idea of just having a simple billboard saying, do you remember this man, culminated into the brothers pooling their resources and having meetings in their homes initially until they were able to establish themselves as an incorporate their business and open a facility where people can come and learn and watch video and learn about the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, whether you were in the nation prior to the fall or if it was your first time, you, any, everyone was welcome. As I stated, it, it was branded and is branded as an information center where you can come and learn about the history of the Nation of Islam, but the primary focus is the remembrance of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, who we see as being the last messenger of Allah, and understanding the importance of this message being delivered to our people and feeling as though no one is qualified to deliver it as well as that one that was raised from among us by Almighty God Allah himself as his messenger, who was the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. So the brothers, again, would um, host film showings if they couldn't come, if the people wouldn't come to the organization, they would rent out spaces to have people come and just see this man and learn about this man, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And so in the spirit of that, it moved from a location that was originally um, a smaller location on 95th and National here in the Chicagoland area to a larger facility, which is the facility that I came into, which happened to be a few blocks from where I was living at the time with my parents. So it, it was just an in the neighborhood, very unassuming type of uh, location, very unassuming type of organization when you rode to it, you would just see what at that time I just uh, saw as the symbol of the Nation of Islam, which it is, but I understand it more now, which is the flag of Islam on the door. And, you know, some, as someone who I can say I was blessed to not have that level of fear that most of our people express. And you have to learn as someone who uh, is in the teaching now and trying to encourage others to come out, you have to understand that fear. And sometimes it, it takes a while um, because you, I will say for me, it takes me a while, it took me a while to understand it because I didn't have that type of fear. Um, I was blessed to not be afraid to be around different types of people. And I had a curious mind, I will say, um, before 
being interested in the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad before I started that wonderful journey. As I stated, I was always inquisitive about the spiritual side of things. I wanted to have a connection to God. And as I stated in my understanding at that time, I wanted to be saved. So I would go with my friend who was a Jehovah's Witness and I was interested in, well, what do, what do Jehovah Witnesses teach? So I just wanted to use that as an example of that being inquisitive is really what led me through the door and prevented me from having that type of fear that prevents people from opening up and allowing something different to enter mm. their understanding. But the, the organization itself, I mean, just on the radio, all hours of the, the night, anytime you would hear anyone talking about, as you brought up the movie Malcolm X, um, that was one of the, and continues to be one of the points that's very important for us to defend the most honorable Elijah Muhammad against the slander and things that people say as it relates to the nation of Islam allegedly being um, accused of the demise of Malcolm and the domestic life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad being a sticking point that people try to use against becoming a follower of his. We would have individuals and the co-founders in particular staying up late at night listening to radio programs and calling in to defend the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad so much so until Brother Manir Muhammad was granted an opportunity to be on the radio. And of course, it was like uh, 12 o'clock in the evening, but it didn't matter any time of day that we were given the opportunity as an organization to represent the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's what we do. If that meant being up at two in the morning to do it, then all praise is due to Allah that we have the opportunity to, to defend our messenger. And that's something that, um, appeal to me, you know, not only acquiring this knowledge, but once you acquire the knowledge and you develop this love of God and his messenger, you feel obligated to defend him. And so uh, at that particular time, I'll also share something that strengthened me. It's nothing like debate and having the ability to use what you've learned to help someone else to understand the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I had a, prof a professor in the college that I was attending at that time, Chicago State University, that was really into Egyptology. And mm -hmm. his whole thing was know thyself. And, you know, he really felt as though he was what you would consider in today's times as woke. Right. And I at that time was a neophyte in the teachings as, as a member of the organization, but was able to have a discussion with him and teach him that, that whole know thyself and all of that, that is actually coming from the teachings that Master Farah Muhammad provided to our messenger, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and to show him that he was simply scratching the surface, that our history goes went way beyond this 6,000-year sphere that he was staying within. 
and just seeing the argument crumble is nothing like a victory when mm. it's a victory of truth. And it was like from that moment on, I knew that my organization was where I wanted to be and that we were doing the right thing because you have to have this foundation and coming into contact with individuals who may have been members of the Nation of Islam but didn't have the connection to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad showed me how blessed I was to have this organization, to have the foundation. Because, you know, it's like trying to do calculus without knowing the basic arithmetic, mm -hmm. in my estimation, when you don't have the foundation of this teaching and trying to bring someone into this understanding. But the, the organization, as you stated, I stated that we started on the radio and then we were able to go down to cable access. And I was, I was a part of that as well. Um, I didn't attend the classes to become a camera person or a producer, but Brother Muneer being the brother that he is, he always was able to spot a talent in someone. He would encourage me because of my journey and how I came to this and how um, he felt as though I had a story to tell. He would like to speak to me on air, you know, someone that he would interview and talk about this teachings. And that's how I developed a voice in this and being unafraid to discuss it. And uh, I would also say it's helped me just throughout life and being able to present uh, to individuals, to groups and things as far as not having the fear of speaking, because I know that is a fear that a lot of people have, is being able to speak in front of people. But it's, it was the training ground, the development that I received at Crow that has allowed me to not have a fear in expressing truth, no matter where I am. And so we, um, we started doing television programs at the Cable Access Studio and interviewing different people from all walks of life. But the foundation of that, of course, was the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and just giving our people in particular uh, a voice because we knew what it was like to be excluded. Because, you know, when Crow would come, it, it, members of Crow would call in on the radio or as we started presenting ourselves on the television, it's like, here comes those Elijah Muhammad people. All they want to talk about is Elijah Muhammad. No one knows anything but Elijah Muhammad. And it's like, well, the truth speaks for itself. Um, it bears witness that he had to get his from someone superior to whomever you are introducing to us because there's nothing like this teaching. And so from growing from cable access and eventually having people try to prevent us from getting the message out or limit our ability to grow in a television space, we decided that it was time as an organization to get our own. So the brother, his um, co-founders with Brother Manier, of course, leading the charge acquired the building next door to our organization 
that used to be a tavern and turn that former tavern into a television studio where we could produce our own television programs. Mm. And it's just so much that I've been able to do within the organization. Uh, Sister Nora, I will say that I had the opportunity to have a um, class for the young sisters um, at that time. There was a class that was being developed similar to a junior FOI class for the young brothers. And as a sister, I was thinking, well, if our young brothers are being civilized, and developed in the teachings of the Muslim Elijah Muhammad. Who will they marry? They need to have sisters who also are of our of are of the same mind. And I was granted the opportunity within the organization to start a class for the young sisters. So we had our knowledge of self class uh, for the young sisters that I taught just going through the the actual facts and the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, flag of Islam, all of the teachings, mm. and just using that to encourage our sisters to want to be themselves. So that was that was a wonderful experience. Wow, Sister Akila, you just you just laid out such a beautiful history, and you know, in as as you talked about Crow. And, you know, just starting with a billboard, do you remember this man? And those co-founders wanting that the uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad not to be omitted, and he was being omitted, and for him to be included in the conversation, um, but not as a minor figure, but as a primary figure. And it's so important, you know, listening to you speak, and I, I, I let you tell that story um, as complete and as thorough as you did in, in, in your journey, because one, you speak so beautifully, sister, and our, you know, our, our community needs to hear how a Muslim woman presents herself, and um, we don't have as many opportunities and we need to create more opportunities for sisters who have something to say, to say it on a microphone. And you have just illustrated the intelligence of a Muslim woman who studies the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. You are the product of that study. Now, you know, you talked about going to college, going to Chicago State. So many people think about someone who comes to the Nation of Islam because they had to be, quote, cleaned up from yes, some um, unsavory lifestyle. Um, everyone who comes to Islam comes from their own, per, you know, personal journey in life. You know, whether you come from a university, whether you come from um, um you know, as a physician or as an attorney or as a businesswoman, or maybe you do come off the street, there's, I think, a, a strong misperception that those who come to the Nation of Islam are kind of on their last leg. And this is, right. the, you know, this is a thing that can save them. Um, this is something certainly that can and will save our people. Uh, but everybody who comes isn't in a suffering state 
and and I'm not just talking about the absence of of knowledge or absence of information, but I mean a lifestyle that is um, unsavory, a lifestyle that is pain, a lifestyle that is full of suffering. Um, there's a misperception that people come to the nation of Islam because they're uneducated, right? And here you are right. talking about, you know, being a student in the university. Um, and so I just wanted to also illustrate and point that out to listeners as they are following this journey that you're walking us through and not just the formation of Crow, but also the role of Crow to talk about the history. And it's, it's, it's necessary, you know, I, I just watched um, a video, a YouTube video um, of the Joe Budden podcast. It's a, yes, a, a, a podcast and it's also, he has a YouTube channel. And in some episode, they were talking about the, um, the Godfather of Harlem TV show. Yes, I believe yeah, that's the name yes, of the yeah. show. And there was a uh, representation of uh, depiction of Malcolm X and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And there was a comment about the Nation of Islam killing Malcolm X. So yes, a, a minister of Minister Farrakhan's came on the show, um, student minister Nori Muhammad, and he cleared up that false information that the Nation of Islam killed Malcolm X. And I would encourage yes, listeners to uh, you know, find that and listen to it. And it's so important that he had that opportunity because there are so many misperceptions. And the one brother said, well, you know, that's what I've been hearing all my life. Well, right. you know, just because we've heard something all our lives doesn't make it true. Doesn't yes. make it sound. And so there are so many misperceptions uh, and your journey that you're walking us through, you've just cleared up so many. And I just want to, you know, just wanted to, you know, make a, a special note of that. Um, so as it regards Crow and the um, media outlet, right, you were Yes, you, you had left off having the, um, the you talked about the, the studio, the television studio. Uh, what is your yes, role? What is your role there? I know you do you do host, and I know that you work in the control room. So let's talk about your role as a black woman in media. Yes, ma'am. Well, I have had so many opportunities um, through this organization, and that's something that I always want like to emphasize that uh, our organization and as the teachings as a whole been charged with being male chauvinistic. Um, very which true. Is very, <laughs> which is a very Eurocentric term. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. Um, but it, it another makes, misconception. It gives a perception. Yes. It gives a, a, a perception that, you know, and I, I can recall being asked, do I have to walk two steps behind the brothers and, things like that. So there's always this, this appearance that, you know, we keep our heads down and we are very docile and don't have a real position within anything. So I, as a member of the production team, have had the opportunity to be a host, to host television programs. Um, I've been a member when we had our roundtable discussions. I was a prominent member representing the organization from a sister's perspective. I work in the control room, which I would answer the phones for our live programs. I helped set up 
the audio, the video, I'm sorry, that is played prior to our shows. Um, and any area where that I can be of assistance behind the scenes, I'm of assistance behind the scenes. If, if that's doing paperwork, whatever is necessary, that's what I do. Helping um, get the guest mic'd up, helping to make sure we have the guest information for the director, whomever is directing the show, just a, a full team effort. I was um, also granted the opportunity to do a blog talk. Um, it's the blog talk started, I want to say in 2008 um, by a brother who is no longer with the organization. And once that brother kind of relinquished the um, blogging, I picked up the mantle and continued it to move forward. It's called Nothing But Elijah on Blog Talk Radio. Um, occasionally I interview, but primarily I play audio because, of course, that's close to my heart. That's how I grew in the teachings of Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad was listening to his voice. And I like to share that experience with others through this blog talk. And upcoming in January, inspired by my sister, Noor Muhammad, I'm looking to expand that blog talk to have a roundtable discussion where we discuss um, the state of the black woman. And that will be upcoming in January. We will continue to play audio, but once a month, we will have an open forum to call in and, you know, just to be able to provide a voice for sisters who think that, you know, sisters in Islam are so far removed from them. We have real stories. We'll, we are real women. And our journey is not a journey that our sisters can't go on with us. Mm. So that is what is upcoming. And that is what um, I've been inspired to do. That's wonderful. I think it's a story that's, um, that many may be curious about, uh, but aren't familiar with. And, and I think that's wonderful. I, I look forward to that. And, you know, when you start that, I definitely want to make sure I have that information so we can share that with the Nora Speaks audience. Uh, Sister Keely, you talked about the state of the Black woman. I know that's something that you and I like to talk about, right? So we can, yes. get, in, we can get into that right now. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, part of being a member of the Nation of Islam um, is understanding that a nation will rise no higher than its woman. And you can judge the, um, the success of a civilization, of a town, of a family. You can judge the success and the outcomes based on the, um, the position and the status of the woman. And as we are, um, the primary objective of Nora Speaks is a tug at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. I'm speaking to my community. I'm interested in um, helping our community improve these outcomes that are just so um, tragic and so deplorable. And I believe that we deserve to exist in a much better condition than we're existing in. And I, I know that, Sister, you agree with me. So Yes. Often I want to share information and insights with black women that they're not going to get anywhere else. You know, I'm so right. glad that sister, you have your voice, you use your voice. You know, many women have the microphone and many women need the microphone to be snatched 
And since no one's snatching mics, I say then we need to pick up the mic and uh, share some ideas with our women that uh, mainstream media is not going to share with them. Yes, ma'am. I think the main thing that I would want to communicate is that there is beauty and modesty. And we have moved as a, a nation of women so far from that. I can remember growing up in the church and that modesty was the order of the day, the way that I grew up. Um, we weren't allowed to wear shorts and sh mini skirts. And so the transition into the nation of Islam was an, an easy transition as far as the, the way that we are supposed to dress because that was the type of life that I grew up in as far as a lady, a woman being modest, a woman is to be seen and not heard. That's the way that I was taught growing up. So I think that just basic etiquette and basic self-love is something that our women need because we've been taught in this society that to display your adornment is a show of self-love. That's a show of confidence. Right. But in the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, having that knowledge of yourself is confidence. That's where your confidence come, comes from. Being secure in who you are and knowing who others are. That's right. Is where our confidence comes from. Mm. Right. You know, I think that's such a, a essential point to make because, you know, this this the society is so driven by sexuality and right. and and it's it's almost taboo to have a conversation like you and I are having to suggest that women should not be exposed. I mean, this is um could be considered anti-feminist conversation, right? And if a feminist is someone who is preserving the rights of women, then I would say then we are the feminists. And, you know, I recall, you know, we were, well, women were um, protesting, fighting the idea of the objectification of women. And, right. and now women are the primary objectifiers of themselves. And we use it or it's suggested that it is a, 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 a position or an expression of our power that our power is in our sexuality, right? And our power is not in our sexuality. Our power yeah, is right. in our minds and what we can produce with our minds. And I think that this society is misleading women and it's certainly misleading girls. It's diminishing the value. And if we do yeah. not recognize and understand the value of a woman, just like you could have diamonds and you're playing with them like rocks. If you don't know what you're, what you have, and you're going to use and misuse um, and abuse um, ourselves and our, our our men misuse and abuse us, and the value of the woman is not talked about because the value has been uh, told, or we have been told that the value is in the sexuality. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And as you stated, any time that you have a conversation like this, um, it is seen as, or made to be seen as though um, we have been brainwashed by men to think that we have to keep ourselves covered so that they will be secure. But my covering was a personal choice. 
I want to be obedient to Almighty God, Allah, and I have value, as you stated. I think that I'm more precious than a diamond. I think I'm at my most beautiful when I'm in my garment. That's when I feel like I'm most myself. Yes, ma'am. When I'm covered and in my garment. So I just say all praise is due to Allah for allowing me to embrace my natural self and be comfortable being covered and, and knowing that I can move about in the world. And it's my protection. And mm-hmm. I believe that. Yes, it's it's true. And, you know, I've, I, I've shared with, you talked about talking with young women. I've shared with young women just the response of men and how they treat a woman or respond to a woman who's covered versus the response to a woman who is not covered. And all women deserve to be respected and treated with dignity. Um, but there is something that is natural in a man when he is around a woman who is uncovered. There's a natural response. There is also yes, a natural ma'am. response that a man has for a woman who is covered, who is yes, uh, covering her adornments. It's, 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 it's natural. It's inherent. It's automatic. And, you know, we are being told to sidestep nature and sidestep science and suggest that any of that is not relevant, but it is relevant. And because we want to ignore that piece, then there's so much confusion, right? So that um, um, knowledge of self classes, the general civil, general civilization classes, they're so important that we share this information with our young women so that they can avoid so many mistakes. Sister Akila, I have to tell you, I am so tired of 40-year-old women, 45-year-old women, 50-year-old women going to these women empowerment conferences and finally realizing after a lifetime of pain, of regret, of mistakes, of abuse and misuse that they are valuable. We shouldn't have to go through a gauntlet of pain, a gauntlet of trauma to finally realize that we're special and we're special just because we exist. And that's what I'm finding with our sisters and So, you know, that was one of the reasons why this podcast was born is to share these kinds of insights with our women so that our our women, our young women, our girls, they don't have to go through a lifetime of error when we can get ahead of that error and put them on the right track. And the right track begins with a love and a knowledge of themselves. Yes, ma'am. I agree. There's nothing like it. And once you allow... Almighty God, Allah, his messenger into your life, you'll be able to see the transformation, not only in yourself, but those around you as they, they have to adapt to who you really are. Mm, yes, ma'am. So Sister Keela, you know, as we're talking about the state of the Black woman, I wanted to get your insights into a conversation I had on the podcast recently regarding Black women and, and our raising of our sons. Uh, There is a video that circulated on on social media of a black woman who was called to the elementary school because of some misdeed uh, and misbehavior that her son engaged in. And the woman um, um, physically disciplined her son in front of his teacher. And it, and it was, it was brutal. It was disturbing. Um, And I'm a mother of black boys. You're a mother of a son. 
I think that yeah. we have to have this conversation with regarding black mothers and sons. If you recall during one of the um, street protests um, regarding the yes. um, taking of I life of black that. women, mm -hmm. this woman came out there into the protest because she saw her mm -hmm. son, she recognized her son on television and she went out there and she walloped that boy upside his head. She knocked yeah. him around. It was recorded. Yeah. She was heralded as a hero mother with a great yeah. mother. She did a good job. Yeah. They flaunted her yeah. on national television, right? We have yeah, to have a conversation about how we are engaging with our sons. So what, what are your thoughts on that video? I thought it was, it, it really made me emotional. Like yes. I felt so terribly for the young boy. I felt terribly for his mother. Yes. That she felt as though that was the proper thing to do. Um, the language that she was using towards her child, the embarrassment that I felt for both of them. Yes. Uh, it, it, it was just terrible. And unfortunately, it's, it's an example of where we are right now as a people. Um, I felt as though she was doing what she knew to do to the best of her ability. Right. And it just shows the the need for us, sister, the need for those of us who know to help our people, mm. because that is not the, the proper way. That is not what we should be doing. Um, it's just an extension of what we've been trained to do under 400 years of servitude slavery. That's all that I saw was a, the brutality that was inflicted upon us, we're continuing to do it amongst ourselves. Right. Yeah, you know, in, you know, in the video and in her rebuttal video, she's stating her intention of wanting cor to correct the child. And, mm -hmm. you know, and she did it to the best that she knew to do. And it is my hope that this sister gets the support that she needs. You know, you could see the frustration, mm -hmm. see the anger. And, and what I'm finding, and this is also controversial to talk about, is the need to parent in a partnership. Yeah. Um, so many sisters are overwhelmed, tired, angry, mm -hmm. frustrated, mm -hmm. lonely, and so much of that um, negative emotion trickles onto and into the relationship the mother has with her children. And yes. we are not parenting in a partnership and, and mothers okay. don't have the supports. There's a, a, a young woman that I was asked to work with by a judge from one of the family courts here and as I got to know the mother and I'm listening to so much that she has to deal with, with her children. And she had more than two children. And I said, well, sister, who's supporting you? You have all of this. You have this child who, you know, you're trying to get back on the straight and narrow. Who's supporting you? And she didn't have anybody. She, the children's father or fathers, her mother, she didn't have an aunt. She didn't have a, a church group she didn't have a community 
we are not parenting in a partnership and a partnership can help with the woman's imbalance or something else I'm going to say that's unpopular that imbalance and so that woman was acting very masculine in her aggression in chastising her child yeah right and and as when there's the presence of a man and in that partnership that helps with the balance that we need you know yes and and like you know you have a son he has men in his life that help give him what he needs from that male perspective my sons they have men in their lives that are giving them that balance so i don't have to i i don't have to be the heavy hand, if you will. I don't have to be the muscle. You know what I mean? I can nurture and guide. That's my role, nurture and guide. And then there's the heavy hand. There's the voice with the bass. There's that other, you know, there's that partner. And we, we don't understand what we are missing out on when we don't have community, when we don't have family to support our, uh, our, our children. And, and you can see it there in that video. Absolutely. And what you stated is, is so, so true. And I've been so blessed to have the, the community, you know, Mm -hmm. that I have to help me and rearing my son, as you stated, I don't have to be as many of our sisters feel like they have to be the mom, as well as the father and not understanding that you can never be the father. That isn't in your nature, and it isn't in the nature of the male child to allow you to be that. Teach this. That's that's where the conflict comes in. That male child has to have another male to help support his growth and his development. Mm -hmm. And this society has made black women in particular feel as though we can do it all. We don't need a man. We can be everything to everyone. And we can see with the state of our communities that that cannot be the case. We hear that tired cliche about the black woman is the backbone. The black woman is the backbone. I'm, I am not the backbone, Sister Nora. And, and I'm don't want to be. <laughs> I'm very comfortable with, with not being that. That's right. And that is something that we need to remove from our lexicon. We need to remove that from our women to think that they can do it all. Mm. Because we we have we we can see that we have not been successful having that type of mind. We've driven and again, they this is unpopular, but we've driven our men away from us. Mm. With this idea that they are not needed. I don't know a man who wants to be in a situation where he doesn't feel valued. I don't know any person that wants to be in a situation where they don't feel valued. Well, sister, you right. That is, that's, that, that is unpopular sister. <laughs> in this society, in this time, this is a very, very unpopular conversation to have, but that is, that is why the Nora Speaks podcast is necessary. That is why what you're doing is, is in Chicago is necessary and you you're you're 100 percent on point the, who wants to who wants to sit around and hear somebody say about them well I don't need you well right then what am I what am I doing here what am I doing here 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and once we have, oh, go ahead, once ma'am. we have, once we have allowed ourselves to be ruled by our lower desires, our carnal desires, this is the result. Um, we don't have the structures that we need to have in place mm-hmm. to have a family. You shouldn't just have children be an afterthought of a night of lust. But that's the way that this is the way that our communities have been going. And it is very necessary for us to have the real conversations and to get to our women to teach them as you're doing. And as, you know, we try to do through the different media outlets that we are a part of, to offer different perspectives, to let them know that because I value myself, I value having a plan for my life. And as as having a plan for my life, it means that I'm not ruled by my lower desires. I think about every action and the outcome of the action before I even Mm -hmm. encounter it, before I even partake in it. And, you know, the courtship, we need to get back to that. The the courtship within the proper courtship within the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is what will save our community. If we teach our people the proper way to learn and to date. I can remember my grandmother used to always ask and my grandfather, who are their people? When you would bring That's someone right. around. <laughs> <laughs> who, are right. they pe- who are their people? And, you know, you would think like, ah, oh, that's, you know, what do you mean? Who are their people? This is so-and-so. But no, who are their people? Who we don't even from? take the time. Yes, we don't take the time to learn anything about a person any longer. Mm. It's just we find them attractive and we're, we're moving with that. Mm-hmm. Everything is just emotion. No thought process, nothing. And we end up in situations where, as you stated, a lot of our sisters are out there alone without the support because of decisions that were made that shouldn't have been made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to bring structure, get some structure back. Um, and because these, these consequences that we're witnessing, you know, so many people think that these conditions are normal. You know, I've, I've known um, high school seniors, young ladies who have family members, who have aunts, asking them, well, when are you going to have a baby? Yes. You know? That's not, an expectation. You know, not, that is not, a real expectation. Yes, like, you know, not where are you going to get a job or what colleges yes. are you applying to, but when are you going to have a baby? Because everyone else yes. has, because that is the expectation. And some people believe that you should have your children young. You know, you, you're supposed to grow up with your children. And I, I just never, I'll praise due to a lot had that type of pressure to think that I was supposed to. And it's not as though marriage is a part of that conversation when they say you mm-hmm. should have your children young. It's not that they're saying you should have a mate and you all should you raise a family while you're young. That isn't the con- family is not a part of the conversation. So it's just such damage has been done to us, Sister Nora, and we mm-hmm. have so much work to do. And that's why having an organization like Crow that has a structure where people may feel less intimidated about coming to the teachers of the Most Honorable mm. Elijah Muhammad is so important where people, you know, you can come as you are 
and not feel fear in the deliverance of this message. So that's why I enjoy being a part of the organization because I feel like we remove one of the many barriers that people have as it relates to opening themselves up to the teachings. No, you don't have to um, profess anything other than a curiosity mm-hmm. to be able to come in and learn. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm sure the work that you are doing there in Temple Number 20 and getting our people to come in and see that we can still have a nation within a nation and that we're doing everything, as Brother Manil would say, everything that we do is with our people in mind. The mm-hmm. shows are produced with you in mind. Um, the organization was open with you in mind. Our goal is to get our people to this teaching any way that we can. That's right. Right. And, you know, it's not to, um, as you said, there's no brainwashing, but, you know, I think about when I went to uh, college, Sister Akila, and I was a, um, a psychology major, you know, but I, I still had to take English 101 right? Still had to take a math, still had to take, you know, I still took science. So I didn't say, well, I'm not a math major. Why do I have to take math? I'm not a sociology major. Why do I have to take sociology? The same thing with this kind of um, program and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad there at Crow. When we invite our people to learn more, they shut down. There's this fear, there's this intimidation. And so I'm very grateful for what you're doing with um, Crow and the co-founders for founding Crow um, so that it yes. can meet that need so our people can just get information. We, we consume information on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and um, we go to schools and we consume information. We watch television, we consume information. We're on YouTube consuming information. But when it comes to information that is specifically designed to enlighten us, we turn away and we reject it and we do it with such ease. You know, I can't yeah. imagine someone saying to a Chinese person that, you know, there's this, um, you know, there's this, this program that's designed to specifically help Chinese. I'm not trying to hear about that. Oh, here you go with that Chinese talk, right? This is, this is what we hear. Well, here you go with this black talk. Well, what other talk am I supposed to talk? <laughs> Aren't we See, black? That's, that's you know what right. I'm saying? That's right. So we but have this shows you the job that has been done on our people by our open enemy. Yes, yes. That to hear something about yourself, you say, I don't want to hear that black talk. I, I don't want to hear that, but go ahead with that black talk, right? That's what we say. <laughs> it's it's terrible. <laughs> it is. It is. But it's it's the truth. And yeah. uh as you stated, we we like to consume information, but I think the thing that Uh, our people have to get over is the fact that once you hear this truth, there is a responsibility that comes with it. Mm. And our people are afraid of having to change. I truly believe that's what it is because they know just from looking at, I think um, you can point to anyone in our, in our community who has had an experience with someone in their life being touched by the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And the first thing that they'll say is, oh, they, it's too many restrictions. It's too many things that they can't do now. Mm, right. they, they, they don't embrace the fact that 
because of the change, look how how fruitful this person is now. Look at their life. Look at how blessed they are. That The first thing that we go to is all of the negative things that I can no longer partake in. That's right. That's what I was just saying to someone today that that's one of the first things people say is, you know, which is what you can't smoke anymore. Well, I can, right. but I, I learned now that I shouldn't. I is that a bad thing? Right. And is that a exactly. bad thing? You know, it's what you can't drink anymore. Well, yeah, I can, but I learned that that's really bad for my health and people are profiting off of our misery and disease. Is it a bad thing that I don't drink anymore? You know? And yeah, we have to open ourselves up. We have to open ourselves up because we are going to, um, we're always going to the protest line right? We're, we're, yes. we're, we're quick to want to engage in some kind of a protest, but the ultimate protest is correct in the way that we live our lives. We don't have to go to other people and tell them what they need to do, how they should treat us, how they should respect us. When we aren't doing it for ourselves, we make that kind of protest really weak, and that's why they watch us, they listen to us, and they ignore us like nuisance children. That's right. Yes, ma'am. I agree. That yes. is, we are the laughing stock, unfortunately. But as I was reading the uh, the last will become first. So mm. we just have to do the work to make sure that the prophecies of the scriptures are fulfilled, as we know they will be. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, Sister Keila, I want the audience to know that they can see you hosting crow on crow tv and uh, i want to make sure that we give them the um the crow tv schedule so that they can now first of yes, all ma'am. first of all this, you, you know listeners you heard the sister say that they have their own television studios see when you hear sister nora on this podcast talking about how we have to do something for ourselves whether it's in media, whether it's in business, whether it's in education. This is an organization in Chicago who said, wait, y'all, now you're not going to let us come on your radio programs, we'll have our own. Oh, wait, you're not going to let us come um, on your television shows? Well, we have our own studio. They have their own state-of-the-art television studio. And I'm not saying something that I saw a picture of. I'm telling you because I've been there. They have a state-of-the-art yes, television studio where they produce their own media content and i urge you to support crow tv so let's talk about crow tv the television schedule and what kind of guests that you all bring to the studios yes ma'am well we do stream live every sunday at 2 30 central 3 30 eastern time and you can visit us at, on YouTube, that's Muhammad and Friends on YouTube, or Crow TV on YouTube. We also have our church streaming, that is the name of the site, churchstreaming.tv. But to access any of our media, you can go, you can visit croe.org, and there are links to all of our media streaming. But we do live television programs again on Sunday at 2.30 as well as on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. And this is Central Time. We have guests of anyone that we feel as though has information that would be beneficial for our people. So we have all walks of life that come on um, 
here locally. We have any of our local politicians. We have um, national, international representatives. Anyone who has information that we feel as though will benefit our communities and has something to say, we have them on. And all of our um, television programs, the foundation of it is the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So we try to ensure that we are promoting truth and providing truth to our people. Mm -hmm. um, as far as my individual uh, blog talk radio is broadcast every Sunday evening at 5.30. Again, this is Central Time, 6.30 Eastern. And you can also visit that by accessing blogtalkradio.com. And it's nothing but Elijah. We have Know Thyself podcast that is hosted by our brother, who I'm sure you had on Nora Speaks, Brother Yosef Benaciel, and uh, his information is available on all of the DSPs, that is Know Thyself Radio. Yes, and the, you know, the, I don't want to understate the caliber of guests that you've had there in the Crow Television Studios. Um, you've had actors and actresses, you've had politicians, yes. you've had governors, uh, senators, yes. mayors, um, you have heads, uh, heads of state from uh, not just this nation, but abroad. Um, yes. Uh, you've had uh, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson. Zimbabwe in particular. Yes, yes. Zimbabwe. Um, you've had uh, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on the show. You, Rahm Emanuel yes, um, has yes. visited the studio. So when we are talking about this is uh, media with you in mind, I don't want you to think that because it's black media, it's beneath you or unworthy. You know, Sister Akilah, the kind of ideas we think when we think about something that's black, right? It must be low level. Yes. No, this is yes, not low level. This is not sub rate <laughs> yes, programming. This is great programming um you get so much information and you know as we're transitioning i wanted you to talk about founders day which is an annual event and i'll let you explain it but i've been there in that room um sister and it is the who's who of chicago and chicago is a big important town right you've had the who's yes, who right so let's talk about founders day our Founders Day is our annual culmination of uh, the activities of our organization that allows individuals to show their appreciation. It's the one year that we set aside time to uh, highlight what, we are, what we're doing in the community and we ask for the support of those uh, who want us to continue. Uh, it, again, it is a, a fundraiser, so there is a donation to attend, um, and it's a wonderful evening. Many of the individuals that Sister Nora, that you highlighted, that we have on our show, they do come out to show their support, and uh, it allows an opportunity for people to come and network and to, to rub shoulders, so to speak, with those individuals that you've had an opportunity to see interviewed on our television program. And just um, to, again, highlight the wonderful work that our organization continues to do. This will be a celebration of our 33rd year, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we are very 
excited about it. We wanted to make sure that this is our biggest and grandest event. It's our first event without our business manager, Brother Manir Muhammad, who departed from us earlier in the year. But we want to show people that the mission continues. We continue to do this work and um, we continue to need your support. So we're asking um, our listening audience, if you would like to learn more about how you can participate, if you want to come here to the Chicagoland area, or if you just would like to send a donation to help us continue this work, you can reach us at 773-925-1600 and also listen to our um, podcast as well as view our television programming where we will also be presenting more information that will happen on March 8th, 2020. And again, information will be coming forth as we move closer towards the date of the event. That's right. And as you know, I'm a frequent listener of NPR and they um, chime in whenever they are looking to get the support of their listeners. And Crow is an organization that provides uh, content each and every day to us, information with us in mind that we can use. So I encourage those who are listening to this podcast to visit crow.org and uh, call the number that the sister gave you so that you can find out how you can participate and how you can contribute. And I'll also add that each Sunday and each Wednesday when the show is streaming live, there's a live call in line so that you have the opportunity to get engaged and participate in the programming. You know, I, I, I don't have the opportunity to participate in the programming for, with CBS and NBC and ABC, but with this program, yes, I can participate. I can get my questions answered. I can um, state my opinion. I could say, well, I disagree or I agree, but this is something, this is content that's for us that we can engage with. Yes, ma'am, it is. And thank you so much, sister. I've enjoyed our conversation and being able to promote our wonderful organization. And in doing so, we are promoting the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad that we feel is what will save the lives of our people. Yes, yeah, Sister Akila, I want to thank you. Thank you, thank you for being such a valued guest. You know, I encourage my listeners each and every episode to be the movement. Um, there's too many of us that are talking about the problems, restating the problems, writing two and three books about the problems, finding intelligent ways to articulate the problems. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it, it becomes a waste of time, but we have this avenue um, through Crow and through Nothing But Elijah and through Know Thyself Radio and Crow TV to actually implement the um, solutions to the programs, give our people the information that they can apply to their lives. So I want to thank you for being the movement, Sister Akila, being an example, helping our community understand that there is dignity and beauty and modesty. And I just want to thank you for so much more for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Sister. I truly enjoyed it. And may we continue to do this work on behalf of our people. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Norris Feast Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, noramohammed.com. Or if you have a listener question, 
Email me at info at neurospeaks.com. You can also follow the Neurospeaks podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Neurospeaks Podcast. I'll be sure to include links in the show notes. If this show has value to you, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.